0: pages of the website are people looking at before they, you know, after they look at this thing that they landed on. So landing, meaning the the first thing they come to your site. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience.
1: And Ashley, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, My background is mostly uh, in content marketing, freelancing, social media management, website management, um, uh, branding audits, branding support, uh, blogging, copywriting. Uh, Most of my background is in creating content. So
1: that's why mm-hmm. i'm so big on the analytics side of things for content okay before yeah. creating content we need to know what kind of content we need to create and uh, i checked a few studies and one famous one was from marketing institute uh, that uh, most companies have no a documented content strategy so uh, they usually check out competitors and do the same it's not a good idea uh, because uh, competitors have their strong size, their unique selling proposition, you need to consider yours. Ashley, can you tell where Mm -hmm. to start, what to do, how to find the right keywords? Because if I open Ahrefs, SEMrush, Moz, Google Keyword Planner, Uber suggests many great tools we have today, but uh, in most cases, I can find high volume keywords uh, in the top, but I need to find keywords that will bring results, that will sell my product. So can you tell what to do then?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Well, it kind of depends on if you're already getting traffic. If you're already getting traffic because people know you have a big brand, um, one of the coolest things you can do is have a uh, search engine that has really, really great analytics. Like, put a search engine on your website that has really great analytics. um let's see what's it called Algolia is really great it's a search engine algolia.com um it's a search engine that basically lets you see what people are searching on a a basic search engine of your website because you can get search engines for all sorts of things you can have a search engine for your for knowledge base for example which is like a resource center you can have um a search engine for e-commerce like shopify has one but those only tell you first of all, Shopify and and those kinds of uh, e-commerce sites only get you analytics on product searches. And uh, knowledge base is great, but if people aren't already asking questions, you aren't going to really get much, at least not enough data on that to really work. So if you have a lot of traffic already, I would suggest um, looking into getting a really comprehensive um, search engine um, for whatever it is that you... Uh, that people would be searching. You get a knowledge base, e commerce, um, your, your website. If people are searching for your blog, make sure that your blog has really comprehensive analytics. Um, I think Site Search 360 and Algolia um, both have the ability for you to um, get really comprehensive analytics on uh, like blog posts and your podcast. And um, yeah. So, but if you're if you're not that well-versed, or sorry, not um, getting a lot of traffic and you wanna learn from, you wanna figure out what people want, the best thing to do, and you should do this even if you have a lot of traffic and customers, um, research things like um, um, questions people are asking about certain brands. So for example, if people go to Quora, Q-U-O-R-A, and ask questions about um, is this brand brand right for me or or is this other brand right for me? People will talk, and do they do the same in, in uh, social media ads? If you see a social media ad for your competitor, don't block them because look at the comment section; and you can see what people are talking about. They're asking questions, and from that, you can figure out what language people are using in their search queries because that's that's really important in search engine stuff. Um, you can have content that people are searching for, but if you're not in in, in your uh, text using language and using uh, phrasing that they would use, they're not gonna find it. And they're not gonna go digging forever to find it unless they're really big fans of yours. So those are my two biggest tips. Um, make sure that you're um, doing like high level competitor research, but researching like what people are saying about competitors. and. Uh, what people are saying about certain products, what people are saying about certain problems that your company solves, that's another big one. Because that's ultimately what people search for. And if you're gonna be discovered by search, chances are it's gonna be because people are searching um, their problems and their questions. And yeah, Mm -hmm. just keep track of of, uh, how they're they're talking about it. Um, Yeah, that's my biggest tip. Never assume, never assume that an industry keyword is what people are searching, Mm -hmm. because it's probably not. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Can you tell how to choose priorities? For example, let's imagine I want to promote a website about weight loss supplements. If I search weight loss, I can find a million keywords. Now, I don't know how many keywords I can find, but probably more than 100K. But yeah, I think a million keywords as well. So, but uh, if I have limited resources, uh, like only to my hands <laughs> i can't create a lot of content at scale but uh, can you tell how to choose priorities for uh, small projects or even big projects yeah, i cooperate with some big companies that have only two copywriters in their team you know <laughs> and uh, they are good with uh, creating great products but have no resources to create content uh, and it's important to choose priorities um, and it's a big mistake because i see when uh, some specialists use keyword research, find a lot of ideas and don't know what to write, or how much content create. So any tips about priorities, how to choose priorities, and to know that these keywords or topics will bring results.
0: Um, I would talk to your like biggest fans and um, maybe just ask them or just like have conversations with them uh, you can use like a survey tool or you can like interview them. Like we're, we're talking now, do like a zoom chat or whatever. Um, and ask them like, like certain questions and see how they, um, respond about like what their priorities are, what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, your, like existing fans are not necessarily your biggest fan base, but it's a really like, great place to start. And it's free. Like, you just have to have to make time to chat with people, basically, um, and then you can get a sense of what the priorities could be. Um, I would also recommend in your content marketing planning having two different slots where you figure out content like a short a short term um, pillar as they call them and a long term pillar, uh, and make sure that you're doing both. Um, pl- you know, plugging in in uh, search ideas for both. But also, um, yeah, just just ask questions, ask a lot of questions of people who are your existing fans if you don't have existing fans, or they're just not, you just don't think that, you know, they're, they're not going to represent your fans actually will be, uh, because they're not in your target market, or they don't have problems that you solve, or whatever. Um Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just to ask people, you know, like go Mm -hmm. on, go on Twitter and Twitter's amazing because you can just search, search the username of like a competitor, for example, um, and see who's talking to them, see what they're talking about and just reach out to them, send them, like follow them and support their content and then send them a DM and say like, Hey, can I, can I talk to you like about why you like this? why you like this competitor, about what kind of problems you're solving, like what question, what, what would you like to see in content? Um, yeah, ask a lot of questions and mine that data from uh, places where, that you know will represent um, what, pe- what your target market's priorities are. Ask so mm-hmm. many questions, yeah.
1: Nice, nice. Okay, Ashley, uh, I want to ask about your strong side about content creation, your background. And uh, I know uh, it's hard today. I remember many years ago when I started my digital journey, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. So I have people who can write about weight loss, finance. Any topics, (laughs) but uh, this content was low quality, generic. Um, At that time, Google ranked well. Then things changed many times. Today, I fired this team. Yeah, Google told me to do it. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) today, uh, (laughs) yeah. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, Google pushed me forward. Please fire all these people. <laughs> you need to cooperate with experts. And today, yeah, I outsource specialists who can write about specific topics. If you ask me to write about, I don't know, crypto, I can't. I can't. It's not my main topic. If you ask about SEO, I can Because uh, I spend time by learning about seo about digital marketing and uh, i think it concerns to any niche you need to cooperate with experts can you tell your methods how to create content uh that can bring something new valuable uh and stand out from the rest
0: uh that's a great question um again some of it comes down to uh research. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you'll find that people are asking questions that that literally no one answers or, um, uh, you know, they come to you with problems that literally none of your competitors or anyone else is talking about. And sometimes it's that, like it's very basic, but because it has, um, you know, no real competition and but it has a need. So, for example, like um, you could uh, look in a search engine and choose the filter like. Um, Analytics. I mean, like Semrush or um, even um, yeah, Hrefs has it. uh, Moz has it. That you can all uh, choose filters on there um, to ask for results that are uh, very low comp, like very low competition. So lowest competition to highest competition in in, uh, results for whatever search engine your questions you're asking it to test keywords. Um, So you want uh, to look for things like. Uh, that have a low competition, but high demand. Like that's the sweet spot. Low competition, but high demand. It's, that's another filter you can choose in search engines. Um, uh, you know, what's the, what's the volume? They, it's usually called volume. So choose highest volume to lowest volume and also choose lowest competition to highest competition. And there you can get ideas. Um, it'll give you search terms and you can search them and see like what the existing content is, do you have a shot for ranking for them? Because sometimes it's, it's hard, hard to rank. Um, but yeah, if it's, if it's low competition, it should be fairly easy to rank for that stuff. And sometimes it's as basic as that just finding that little sweet spot. Um, sometimes it's bigger. You just have to kind of, I mean, I've never been on any kind of viral campaign. I've never managed a team, so I I can't speak for that, but I, I know that, um, If you have a way of creating content very quickly um, and at a high volume. So for example, if you're creating content um, in a podcast and then you use that to create like 20 different pieces of social media content, well, there you have your content right now. And you can test that with little uh, risk, right? Because you've already created the content. So you don't have to worry about spending too much time on a team and investing in something that may or may not work. And... Um, I think even even teams that are looking to go big should start that way. I mean, you you, you don't uh, content marketing is never gambling. A lot of people treat it as gambling. You know, we're gonna try this because you know work for this person, so you know maybe we'll go viral. Like that's never ever a good strategy. It's never a good strategy to put tons of money and tons of resources into something until you properly vetted it. And one of the ways you can vet it is by uh, creating like one piece of content that you can repurpose and redistribute in like your podcast and your blog and your social media and just put all that out there. Um, Have conversations in certain niches on Twitter, for example, or in Facebook groups. Um, Just get your name out there, but have content available that will kind of show what you're actually about, show that you're reputable. Um, Yeah, sometimes it's really something simple like that. Um, In terms of things that, that could possibly go viral, I've never been a part of anything that's wanted to go viral. So I can't really speak to that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like, like you're saying, like even companies like, uh, I think I read Zapier has a really um, small team, like 11 people or something, and they get millions of people in traffic and they don't have a big content team. Yes, they get people who write guest posts and things like that because it gets so much traffic and there's so much um, value in that. But, um. Yeah, don't think that you need to invest tons of money and have a big team. like that. I'm actually writing a book partly partly to kind of dissuade people from doing
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's- I, I, I want to ask about your writing style. It's interesting. Bounce rate is high at any content, video content, uh, website content. People bounce fast. Even if you share value, it doesn't mean that – you can win attention and it's important to do it uh, in the beginning. So you need to provide a hook (laughs) and retain until the end. Uh, For example, I like uh, marketing books that was written before digital. For example, Joe uh, Sugarman wrote a book, how to retain longer, you know, and uh, get uh, get attention until the end. Yeah, great book. Um, Tell your methods uh, how to write. Content because it's not only sharing value. It's important to uh, be non-boring, uh, creative, interesting to read. Uh, and if you can find the way how to do it, yeah, users never bounce. Uh, so tell your methods how to do it. <laughs>
0: um. Well, I've I haven't been to like actually creating content that much. Um. But it's interesting that you asked me that because I'm starting to get into um. Instagram, um, as a way of like sharing little mini tutorials and mini tips on how to get value out of something. Uh, and I'm going to do the same on YouTube as well, but I, um, yeah, it's interesting. That's an interesting question because I, I find the same and people are interested, but I don't know if they're interested from the beginning or not. I don't, I don't know. I I have a great sense of humor so it should be easy for me to create hooks but I've just never Mm -hmm. I kind of just go by what like people say in the comments and if I get traffic or not Mm -hmm. but I haven't been creating enough content to really to really say if I have any trends in what I do or how I test things um well that's something I do do actually so like I if, if I find that people aren't receptive to something I just don't create that kind of content again I just make a shift um Mm-hmm. It may be a little, a little rushed because <laughs> who knows, maybe there's other reasons why people are ch- are checking out. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ashley, um, we have today a lot of marketing consultants. I don't know how my name, probably million. <laughs> a a lo- a- probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so can you tell your strong side uh, why you are better than many other experts in marketing who can? lead some projects in the right direction. So you you can help with marketing uh, to consult companies. So tell your methods, how you can uh, give something different and show the right way to go. Uh,
0: My biggest strong side, I'd say, is that I uh, help people maximize or show people how to maximize really small resources. So for example, if you literally have no money for marketing, you can do things that I recommend. Um, I haven't done actual like one on one or group consulting in a while, but if I were to do that, that would be like, that would be what I would try to do to, to hook people. Like I'm, I'm someone you go to, if you want to be successful in terms of like getting people to like the consideration stage of the sales process. Um, but you don't really have a lot of resources or you might have, you know, wasteful processes that need cleaning up to make content work. For example, if you need to get content from the sales department but they're really are disorganized, like what do you do? Um yeah, I'm really good at figuring out like how to, how to maximize small resources. It's partly just because I I myself like I'm a freelancer and I have neck problems, so I can't be on the computer all day. Like I have to make sure that every time I'm on the computer, I make account so a lot of it is just not not only maximizing small resources, but figuring out key performance indicators that uh, show you something is not worth pursuing on a grander scale. And by grander scale, I don't mean like hiring a bunch of staff or whatever. But, but you know, say if you want to create a content calendar, well, don't create, uh, this may be controversial, but I, I always say don't create a content calendar unless you know what's working. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And then you're just you're just creating something that already has, has some likes to it. Um, but yeah, I I'm someone you go to when you don't, don't really have a lot to work with and you're like, oh, or, or you might have wasteful processes and you know, you're losing money in marketing and you're not sure why, or content marketing and you're not sure why. Like
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a good yeah, person. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it depends because I have my calendar, uh, but, for me, it's hard to stick with this calendar, you know, because many other things to do. So uh, sometimes I can write an article for a few months because I have no time to write this article. Uh, and yeah, uh, I think, yeah, it's better to have some discipline, uh, but if you manage many uh, various Uh, projects, it's hard, it's hard. But actually, anyway, uh, can you tell about KPI, how to calculate this metric? Because in marketing, uh, it's hard to get the accurate results, uh, and it's better to have the right estimation because it depends on the projects, on the traffic. Many things can impact the results. So tell your methods how to calculate KPI.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I must disclose here that, that I'm going to recommend a product that I am an affiliate for <laughs> <Spare> <laughs> that in mind. Um, so one of the one of the things you can do is use a tool like DataBox. box. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with DataBox. It's basically yeah. a, a way to get more comprehensive analytics from uh, how people use your website. Uh, you probably get other kinds of analytics that I just don't know about. But anyway, um, and what actually I'm creating a YouTube video on this very soon, but I'll tell you. So help scout, which is another company I'm an affiliate for full disclosure. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, That's a knowledge-based software A knowledge base is like a help center uh, for a website or product. I mean on a website and uh, it has KPIs for things like uh, has this person searched for something and that search didn't get any results. Um, you you want that to be a low incidence like you don't want that to be like like a lot of your traffic comes from people who are searching for something and actually not finding it um, so that's one kind of reverse KPI you can look at if you have a knowledge base for example um, but again like with Algolia and Search 360 uh, and other comprehensive search engines I'm sure they have similar results like they, they show you what people are searching, but not getting the results for. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a reverse KPI. It's like trying to figure out, like trying to get alerts on things that are not working, like and get those alerts early on in the process is really, really helpful. Uh, in terms of like actual KPIs, like positive KPIs, I call them. Um, that's, uh, that's also pretty easy in Databox, for example, also in HelpScout. Um, for their integration with um, Databox, you can find things like um, uh, what, what are the other um, pages of the website are people looking at before they, you know, after they look at this thing that they landed on. So landing, meaning the first thing they come to your site in the search to see. Um, do they look at other pages? so that that's we call that click through do they look at other pages on your website do they scroll through your website that's another tool you can look at for like a reverse like to get alerts of what you should stop doing um get a tool that has like a heat map so it shows or a scroll map so you can see um are people actually scrolling down the site where are they putting their cursor um are they clicking through again to other pages of the site click through, I think is, is a really good way to figure out. Um, so I would have some KPI around your click through rate. Um, it's hard to say what their goal should be. It kind of depends, um, for KPIs, but, um, yeah, any kind of comprehensive research tool that can give you those kinds of analytics, um, is super, super helpful.
1: Um, Um, Yeah. yeah yeah thank you thank you yeah I'll, mm-hmm. I'll check out DataBox. i know about uh this website yeah uh, because i read uh blog post from this website and uh, uh, this website ha- provides a good job you know to uh to find experts who can share some expert opinions on a uh, blog post, but I never thought about using this tool. <laughs> so I'll check it again. Okay.
0: Yeah, or any business intelligence tool probably would have similar things. I know that there's a, biz, a BI that we call in the biz, we call it BI. And there's like Microsoft has one like, a, there's a lot, there's a lot of them out there. It's just a matter of like figuring out what's best for your use case.
1: Mm-hmm. Ashley, I want to ask about your Section BO on LinkedIn. I open your LinkedIn profile because I love opening LinkedIn profiles. And <laughs> what I can see showing you how to maximize small resources and warm prospects towards sales. Can you explain more about that? What does it mean, and uh, how you can uh, maximize small resources and to get more sales?
0: Yeah. Um they kind of go hand in hand actually. So for example, um, warming people towards sales. Well, you know, we're talking about SEO today, but basically what I do is show people what people should be doing before they start investing in SEO. Um, So, because ultimately people like no one comes, no one, unless you're a really well-known brand, people are not going to go have a linear, very short, process to making a sale so they're not going to go from um, I searched something and looked at a blog post and now I'm going to go to your checkout page and buy a product that you sell Um, very very few people actually do that you kind of what I call you have to do what I call warming so um, yeah you have you have to figure out why what people actually want sometimes Sometimes that, that, that comes fairly easily. It's more of like a sales thing because someone will, you know, ask your sales team a certain question and you kind of have to warm them towards under like, so basically you have to ask them a lot of questions and figure out like, are you actually, first of all, are you actually a good fit for what they need? And that, that, that actually works for warming because that creates trust. So it's the biggest thing. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's complicated, but, uh, basically warming is kind of essential for getting most sales online. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's, um, it just creating content repeatedly that, 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 they like, uh, sometimes it's very, um, sometimes it's harder to do. Like you're kind of guessing, for example, like if I wanted to, you know, create a, a webinar, um, and yeah. people are asking questions in our webinar, like, do, do I know that those people want to buy? No, I don't. I have to ask them questions first. And that's basically what I, I help people do, like, ask questions.
1: Ask nice. Questions. Nice. <laughs> <I got laughs> you, got it. Yeah, collect data, know your customers, and the best way to ask questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We have the question about AI. It's hard to oh, ignore yes. AI oh. today. <laughs> uh, that was simple yesterday. Uh, impossible tomorrow <laughs> so ai is a regular tool and yeah if you have the question uh, by the way uh Z- zishan zishan uh, sorry if i mispronounce your name but uh, zishan wanna ask uh, us uh, is it good idea to use ai to write blog posts what do you think about that
0: that's a great question um, i have no nothing against ai tools um, my problem is how a lot of people use them um, Yes, absolutely. Uh, you need the human touch, but it's like I said before. It's like you 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 don't want to invest. You don't want to stick to AI until you know something works, and um, you want AI to to bolster or support something that you're already doing that works. So, for example, if you have a if you have a topic and you know people love it, and you're constantly churning it out, and you know what keywords people are used using to talk about that product, to search that product. Um, by all means, write posts with uh, with AI, um, but that should only be your 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 first step. You just have, have to figure out like, is this blog post going to work? Um, are people receptive to it? Does it does this does this post have my what we call right in, in copywriting or in writing, writing a voice? Like, does it sound like you? Because if it sounds like a robot, people don't want to read it. And sometimes if if um, you know, you're investing too heavily in, in AI, so that's actually kind of off-putting. So uh, AI tools like Jasper, I am no problem with people using them, but make sure that you already know what works, what content yeah. works, and then use that to kind of support your existing content strategy. Um, but yeah, just never assume that, that you could just take your hands off the wheel and AI will do it for you. Like, that's not a good approach. It needs to bolster something a uh, human that you do and something that works and has to be in uh, your voice um so if you don't know what your voice is in writing like actually you could just as a as like a, as an experiment you could just like record something into a microphone like unscripted and just like listen to how you're saying things listen to uh what gets you excited um and make sure that whatever you're writing kind of reflects that because that's partly that's partly why people why content works it's it's not just the content itself it's it's the personality behind it and the humor behind it for example so yeah
1: yeah okay i i wanna tell about ai what i think because i use ai as well and i used before chatgpt oh I keep, yeah i keep using it <laughs> and today probably i can use a lot more And uh, what I found, uh, for example, why many content creators complain about the quality of AI-generated content, uh, and I agree. But if you feed AI with the right data, you can get great results. So basically, you don't need to rely to AI. For example, if I write prompt like, please write an article how to play guitar how to lose weight, you can't get great content because uh, it's just rewritten content. But if you find data, collect this data uh, and feed AI, I usually, you know, I'm a terrible writer, but <laughs> I, I can. Let's be honest. Yeah, but uh, AI can help me uh, convert my bad writing to good one and uh, what I do I collect data I write bad article with many grammar mistakes but uh, uh, and ask AI please convert to a great article uh, by using Uh, data about my uh, readers. For example, I can submit uh, demographic data, their interest, and AI can understand it. And, uh, for example, uh, I usually edit press releases on AI. We got mentioned on CNN, Business Insider, uh, Forbes, many great websites because of editing on AI, but I don't generate from scratch. I, I just edit content so you can mm. collect data, feed AI. And if you want to write great blog posts, just uh, provide this job uh, manually. I mean, like collect this data, learn a lot more uh, and just edit content on AI. You, you can find some ideas on a, AI as well. But yeah, uh, I love editing and it works well for me, my site.
0: <laughs> awesome. I've actually yeah. never used Check GPT. Um but I've heard great things about it, and I think like any AI, it's it only works if you're feeding it really good stuff. If you're feeding it really comprehensive stuff, and you have you have um, other things to make it valuable, like you're saying, like uh, you know, you, you you plug data into it, data that you know is of the person you're trying to target, um, that it represents that person. Um, mm. And I think it's a great it's great that even people who don't write well or people who might have like a um some sort of literacy issue or their um you know english is not their best language and you can use it to fix your grammar and i'm sure you actually could learn english better actually if you if you do that so thanks for the tip. i'm totally gonna try that
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you uh so yeah um and for me it's important (laughs) i mean like about learning english It's my third language Uh, (laughs) and uh, I started to learn English uh, too late. Uh, Yeah, but uh, I keep learning and uh, I love this language. Okay. anyway, Ashley, I want to ask about uh, your experience. Let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day in content creation. What will you do today differently if you need to do everything from scratch?
0: a great question well I've been doing this for about 10 years and when I started I didn't have things like chat GPT I didn't have a lot of SEO knowledge um I'd I'd probably start from uh See, that's a difficult question for me because I'm actually, I have a professional writing degree. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I've been
0: writing my whole life, so I'm, I'm trying to imagine like what I would do. If I was really new to content. Well, I really loved writing a blog. Um, I had a blog for, I still have it all actually. Um, I really, really loved uh, like getting feedback from people um, and then writing content based on like what people wanted, what people didn't want what I found other people were talking about. Um, so I think I'd probably do the same. Like if I was starting a content marketing career, I would just like literally just start writing content because I mean, yeah, it might not be the best, but literally no one cares. Like people get really self-conscious about, you know, it's people will judge me if it's not professional or if there's grammar errors or whatever. It's like literally no one cares. If you have something to say and you people people, you know, want to hear opinions or whatever they're going to listen to you whether it's good writing or bad writing or whether the content could be you know done differently no one cares it's like just honestly just write about something that you care about write about something that um yeah
1: Yeah.
0: just just try it don't don't be don't be self-conscious just get out there and try it
1: Yeah, nice, nice. And uh, I have my final question about the future. Ashley, I want to ask you, take your crystal ball and let (laughs) us know what kind of future will be in content creation because uh, we have AI today. Apple is going to launch headset. Augmented reality will come. I don't know. Virtual reality might take some place. Uh, Chatbots can... uh, Replace, uh, of course, I'm not sure that chatbots can replace <laughs> completely search changes, you never but, know. <laughs> but yeah, we, we never know; it's unpredictable. <laughs> anyway, to take some part of uh, search, so tell what kind of future will be in your vision?
0: Ah, uh, like the future and content in general, in content
1: um, creation, yeah, and how we cannot adapt today to this possible future. <laughs>
0: um well i i think it's going to be kind of grim at first i think you know I, you may have noticed that a lot of people think that ai is just like something that can replace writing and so they basically just like i, I think a lot of people are not going to learn that that doesn't that doesn't work and i think that's going to be more and more common and i think there's going to be a breaking point where people realize you know i miss like human content i miss you know, I miss, I miss content that was actually real, not, not just made up by some machine. Um, and then we'll come back back to more of like a human side and, and AI will kind of support that. Uh, any kind of virtual stuff will, will support human eventually. But I think we're going to reach a, a really big point of people not getting it. And AI is going to be a mess, I think. So anyway. It's a bit grim, but I honestly, because it's like like in technology, when it's when it's new, it's often misused and it's often like kind of creates a lot of problems that we don't realize for a long time and then anything. It's like if you read the book Frankenstein, it was written in like the late 1700s and it's basically about the same thing. It's like when you create a technology and you put everything into it uh, and you're not thinking about how it could affect the future or whatever. That, that is going to become a monster and it's going to, you know, kill people. And I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not going to kill people, but that 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 kind of thing has been happening for literally hundreds of years. It's like the 1700s at least. There's always like a low period before people start realizing, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. We should do it differently.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Ashley, Ashley, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. Aww. I love it. Tell Thank the you. Be- the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you.
0: That's a great question. So I'm actually starting a bunch of new things. I'm writing a book, I'm writing uh, I'm creating courses, I'm creating tutorials. Um, you'll be able to find everything, all of that at my website, ashleyashby.com slash learn. It's not up right now. I only have one YouTube video, so I haven't put it up. Um, but if you go to ashleyashby.com slash learn, there's, um, there's a little subscription box where you can subscribe to get my content. Um, or alerts about when it's done, when it's released, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, just subscribe to that and make sure that you, um, I can't remember if I have it set to, anyway, you probably, you probably need to confirm your subscription by email after you subscribe. Um, but that's the best way to figure out what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm motioning my business to more of like an education side. and consulting, uh, r- rather than just doing, um, Services for people, which is great, but I, I don't know. I love the product side of life.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Zishan. Uh, sorry if I mispronounce again your name. <laughs> uh, by the way, you can tell uh, am, am I right or not to pronounce this name? Asking, do you have your YouTube channel? Because I know you have your podcast. Uh, I You do. recorded ten podcast episodes. So, what about YouTube? Do you have it?
0: I do. I'm just trying to figure out how I can put it in the, oh, in the chat, in the comments.
1: Uh, uh, you, you can uh, add to private chat. I will add to okay. the podcast episode. Guys, okay. anyway, don't worry about that. You can okay. open a uh, description on Apple, Spotify, Google. You can find all links. Uh, if you open uh, the website ashleyhb.com, you can find all links to YouTube, to... Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, podcast, anything about Ashley. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah no there's worries a little
0: YouTube icon on there. Just make sure it works. It does open my channel. So, if you look at the little search engine like thing, you'll see it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Ashley. It's a big pleasure. Again. Uh, love it. So valuable guys. I recommend to anyone to listen uh, to audio podcast. especially to subscribe to YouTube channel, to uh, wait for a book. <laughs> you know about content creation, marketing. So, so excited about that. And thanks a lot for spending time with us.